When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Why are so many dogs suffering from health issues? Actress Katherine Heigl, who's helped over 16,000 dogs through her foundation, says she's seeing more issues with dogs' joints, odors, and health than ever before. After doing a ton of research, she feels there's one place we can look to improve any dog's health, their food. What she discovered is that the way many dog foods are made can actually create toxins that could be wrecking our dog's health. And this is true even for many premium brands. Fortunately, she found that just by adding a few special superfoods to her dog's food, she saw huge transformations in their health. She's made a 20-minute video explaining step-by-step how anyone can do the same thing to see incredible changes in their dog's health. Reflecting on this, I decided to follow her advice, and I noticed profound changes in my own dogs. Enhanced energy, healthier skin, and an overall younger demeanor. It's truly heartwarming to see them so vibrant and full of life. Go to badlandsfood.com hometown and watch Catherine's video right now. Again, that's B-A-D-L-A-N-D-S-F-O-O-D dot com slash hometown. Today, Jennifer Green from the University of Southern Indiana is back with us. Jennifer is going to give us a little more insight on New Harmony the harmonists, and their way of life. I asked Jennifer how the new harmonists went about recruiting new members. She says they didn't. Because one, they didn't really want you knocking on their door unless you were truly serious. These are the shakers. It seemed like it was hard to get in. Hard to get in. It wasn't easy. Yeah. Because they needed to make sure that you weren't going to disrupt the apple cart, I'm sure. Then you had to speak German. Yeah. <laughs> Which might have been a difficult thing if you aren't in yeah, I think after Father Rapp leaves, though, that has to change in all economy. You know, they oh. start buying all these towns in Ohio that, that had to change. One thing that I noticed when I read your colleague's book was that she mentioned how Father Rapp communicated with Thomas Jefferson. Do you think that was only solely to try to come to America and then again to try to get land in Indiana? What do you think that? Anyone yeah, else? I don't know. I would suspect just knowing what I know about Father Rapp and knowing what I know about Thomas Jefferson, those two would not have agreed on pretty much anything, religiously speaking or philosophically speaking. And certainly Rapp wasn't above doing what needed to be done to get what he wanted. Now, he wouldn't just see. He wouldn't say something to Jefferson that he would believe. But yeah, if we need to cultivate this relationship in order to get But again, they settled in Pennsylvania first, and Jefferson had nothing to do with Indiana, other than being president when we do the land ordinance in 1785 or 1805. No, because that's funny you should say that, though, because one of the Owens, there was someone who put out a thing about how Richard Dale Owen was in written communication with Lincoln, and that he's the one who suggested emancipation to Lincoln. Now, that's not... I think that's accurate. 
this guy just really likes Lincoln. Right. And so he wanted to make this connection. I don't believe that. I've done some little, very little research on that. Now, we do know Richard D.L. Owen did write Lincoln and talk about how slavery should be abolished. And the harmonists, I think one of the reasons they came to Indiana and not Kentucky is because technically slavery didn't exist here. I don't think they would have settled somewhere in a slave state because each man carries his own weight and each man helps each man make it to the promised land. And you can't do that in a slave system. There's something about the harmonists that like they sang, right? There's music in the community. So the, these weren't dour people. They worked hard, but in some ways they played hard too, right? When they came together as a community. And it was all for the greater good. I don't know about once they get back to Ohio, but certainly in New Harmony, I get, I do get us. Now, I do know there were tensions with the people who were living here. There were some tensions because they didn't understand the harmonists. They didn't understand why kids were being raised communally and young people were not living at home with their family, but living in these dorms. That was all very different for them. And again, the fact that they didn't drink liquor also made a lot of frontier people a little suspicious. Here you are. What do you mean you don't? And they all, they all spoke German. So immediately they have set themselves apart from the community that they're in. What's funny is the more that I listen to this, so my fiance is a an MSW, and so she's a social worker of a wraparound project. You probably never heard. Oh of yeah, it. I know. Okay. I have a disabled son. I know all about wraparound. So, <laughs> doesn't that program seem a lot like a communal? It does. It's operated. She operates it basically for this county, and so she tells me about it all the time. I hear about it every day of my life, but. When I hear the processes of New Harmony and like what they were doing and what they ultimately did correctly, it sounds a lot like that wraparound program where it's more of a community effort. Well, on the other side of it, we don't really have the voice of the common harmony. We don't really, as far as I'm aware, know what the common everyday harmonists thought. Most of the things that we know about the harmonists, we know from Frederick. And the four or five families that kind of picked up after Frederick dies, and there may have been some scholarship out there on it, and I haven't really read it, but I don't, I can't recall hearing their voice. So we don't really know. Same thing with Shakers. I can't think of anywhere where I've heard of, there was dissent in the community over this issue. Surely those kinds of things had to happen just because human nature is involved. Were you free to leave the Harmonists? Yes. You left without your, you didn't own anything. In fact, weren't there lawsuits about that? That's part of the reason why the estate took forever to bust up, because there were a ton of lawsuits after the community breaks up as to who's entitled to. But what caused the community to break up? I don't really know the answer to that. I was going to after George died? Thought, but I didn't. Pitzer would be the man to ask about that. Obviously, George Rapp dies. He was the charismatic leader that held that community in check. And Frederick could not have stepped into those shoes in the same way. For one, one of the things I've read about Frederick is that he just was not the charismatic leader. Rapp had a way of talking and preaching and pulling you in. And that's what he did over in Germany. So he brought all these people here. I don't think Frederick quite had that gift of gab that George had. 
And then Frederick dies rather suddenly. And there was no transition plan. There was no, although, I, so George Rapp, obviously he was the head of that community. But I don't think, he, I think he thought the community would just keep going even if he wasn't there. I don't think he thought he was linchpin to everything surviving. But when you don't have any central control and you're used to that, then plus I think the harmonists got so big. But didn't George believe sincerely that he was going to be delivering God to... Oh, yeah. He believed that the rapture was coming in his lifetime. So maybe he he didn't even think that, he didn't think beyond him. No. Yeah, so there wouldn't have been a transition plan because the end was supposed to happen supposed to happen in his life. Imagine not being a harmonist. Your leader tells you <laughs> that he's going to deliver you to God, and then the leader and he dies. dies. Yeah. And it puts a... And there were a couple of splinters. So there was a large group that left Old Economy. I think it's even before Frederick dies, but I think it's after George dies. And they go to Bethel, Missouri. <laughs> I like to tell people they wanted to have sex. So... <laughs> they go to Bethel and they build a community in Bethel that's really based off of the harmonist traditions, only they have families. And then there's another group that leaves Bethel and goes out to Aurora, Oregon. And that's where John Deuce enters the picture. John Deuce was raised in Old Economy. He's the marching band guy. He was raised in Old Economy. And I think he goes to Bethel, and then he takes a group of people from Bethel out to Aurora. And again, it's based off of the same harmonious community, although we have families now. We don't live in communal living so much. But it was a musical-based community. And then when the community splits up, these other groups are like, hey, wait a minute. We deserve a piece of the original pie because we were part of that group. I don't know what all the disposition is of that. It, it's, I've got files back there go on for days, apparently, the arguing over who owns what, and who should get what, and your family wasn't there as long as my family, and that kind of thing. And it does seem like there's four or five families that kind of take over after Frederick dies. I used to be able to rattle their names off, and I can't, because I've got these files back there that are based. So most of my harmonist records are day ledgers, they're day books, and they're chronological. And then I get this set that are family-based. And this, I think, is mostly from the breakup. It's still in German, so I a lot of it. But I get the sense these four or five families is what took control and decided how things were going to be divvied up. Lots of lawsuits. But I don't know that anybody could have held them together. After Father Rapp, that's probably when the breakdown started. The farm in Tennessee, they're experiencing the same problem when Stephen Gaskin died. Who's going to take control? And they can't agree. Uh, Kashi Ashram in Florida, they had a similar incident. Awe died. And the community, for the first time, didn't have a charismatic leader. The woman explained it to me. It was really great. She said, Kashi Ashram was like the solar system, right? We're all planets evolving around the sun. And the sun was Ma. And we all had the sun. The sun was there all the time. And then the sun explodes. And she said, for the first time, we have to actually look at each other. And we'd never really had to do that because Ma was the ultimate arbitrator. And I think the farm's going through another thing. So generational, because that's what Kashi Ashram, right? The older people are said, hey, man, I did my time. I did the social activist thing. I, I did all that. I don't want to do that anymore. And the younger, oh, but we want to be you know, socially active. And so that generational division. 
Now, I think Kashi Ashram has worked it out, and I think the farm will work it out. But that idea of we've always had one person in control, even when he wasn't actively in control, that person was there. And now that person's gone. So I can't imagine the harmonists. They would have had to have gone through something like that and probably even more drastic. I asked Jennifer what happened to the harmonist society once they left Indiana for a new home in Pennsylvania. After they go to Old Economy, they start buying up all these other towns and buying up all these other industries. And suddenly the harmonists have business practices taking them across the state of Ohio and Pennsylvania. Especially with the bridge out, because of course I can't go across the bridge, so I don't know what's on the other side of the bridge. But even today, New Harmony seems very secluded. It is. And New Harmony, by 1830, the show's over for New Harmony. There is an intellectual group that stays there. The Owens stay there. And there is some science and art. But by 1850, 1860, most of that's gone. New Harmony is just another poor farming community in southern Indiana. The Owens raised horses. But by 1880, that's not profitable. And the trains kind of bypass New Harmony in 1880. Yeah, no, the show is over for them pretty much by 1830. And now it's a golf cart. Would not like I said that. I was telling Nicholas, it's a golf cart community now. It's a golf cart community now. You you can have a golf cart on all the streets except Church Street. And you never got to experience Jane Ellen Blaster, the matriarch. When she got on her golf cart, she drove her golf cart wherever she wanted to, and you just forget out of the way. Her husband was the Owen descendant. Um, mm. Jane Owen comes from the Blaffer families of Texas and Exxon Oil. Oh. She married D- David Owen, one of them, one of them. Anyway, and moved, came to New Harmony in the 1940s. And New Harmony in the 1940s is a burned out shell. There's nothing there. The Working Man's Institute is still running. The town is just, it's died. There's like a handful <laughs> of families still living there. There's still farming going on, but they even... They still have the library. The library continues to operate. The library the never shuts Indiana, down. Right? The WMI never shuts down. It's the oldest library in Indiana, correct? It's the oldest continuous library in Indiana. And at one time, there were like 27 WMIs in the Midwest. Yeah. That's the only one that survived. But yeah, no. And in fact, the farming isn't really even happening around New Harmony because you've driven around there. It's not really flat land. It's the melon farming in Knox and Gibson County, just north of New Harmony. So even the farmers who live in New Harmony, their fields are north of town. Yeah, there's no factories there either. There's no factories. There's no industry. So people that live there have to either be retired or they're living on... Or they drive into Mount Vernon or they drive into Evansville. Yeah. It seems like now the majority of... The town, uh, people who own businesses in the town, it just seems like there's a lot of weddings that happen there. So it seems like that's like the main industry. It's a tourist town now. Yeah. So by 1940, Jane Owen Blaffer comes into the town and she falls in love with New Harmony and its history, even though her husband really showed zero interest in New Harmony. Although they owned the Owen buildings and the Clure House and the Owen Laboratory. Those were owned by the Owen family. She so builds the, the Roofless Church. Oh, is she the one that has the memorial garden? Yes. Okay. Yep. Now it all makes so sense. She builds the roofless church to bring people to the spiritually 
nexus with New Harmony with its rich history oh, it's in Bahamian islands, right? First off, there's this huge, way taller than me, brick thing that surrounds this entire, I don't know how large it is, maybe a block or so? Yeah, it's maybe about a city block. Yeah. Wow. It's just a huge wall. Yeah. And there's two, there's a gate, a very good sized gate. And then on the front of it, there's even a, there's a grand gate that looks like it's, it looks like it has gold outlining the top. Something that you just would not expect to see mm. in a small town. The roofless church. So you walk in and according to the plaque, and you can explain better detail than I can, but it's supposed to be like a spiritual place. But right. when you walk in, it's just this bare ground. There are some pieces of art in certain places. And so if you turn off to the left after you enter the Grand Gate, there's some, there's like a religious. Yeah, I would call them little shrine areas. Oh, that's a good, good idea. But they're very subdued. Yes. You have to go look for them. They're not in your face. Yeah. But it's a very large area. And then at the center in the back, there's this, they call it the roofless church, which is ironic because it's all roof. The whole structure is, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, is it? but it's a roof that's... It's huge. It's, it's collapsed quite, inside itself. Yeah. Okay. And there's it's, a hole a at the top. Church. That's why uh-huh. I would call it a wallless church. Yeah. There's no wall to it, but... Okay. Yeah. It's just this huge thing and when you walk into it there's this loud echo it's just it's super cool and when we saw it we're just like what is this place like at first we're like are we on private property because <laughs> there wasn't anyone there while we were there we're just like mm. but apparently they have weddings and stuff there so we saw a wedding yeah, that there's was a lot, lot of weddings happen there the funny thing is when the wedding was there we drove past in the golf cart and they were setting it up we drove past an hour later and they were tearing it down and we're like, boy, they have this thing to a science. Yeah. So we saw, it was just crazy how, yeah. But it was, it's a crazy experience. So Jane built the roofless church. And then Jane is the one who brings Meyer, who built the Anthony. She's the one who brings him in to design the Anthony. Is she why there's an opera house there? No, the opera house goes back to the Harmonists. It goes back to the, not the Harmonists. The building goes back that far. The Owens. Okay. The Opera Hall. Yeah, because there was a group out of there post-Owen called the Golden Troop. And they performed all around the United States and around the world. And they were based out in Harmony. That's the Thralls Opera House. It used to be a gas station. Now, I also saw a plaque that said that the oldest, the first, Indiana's first beer was made out of New Harmony. Yeah, that's what they claim. No, that's what they claim. Of course, it's another tourist trap. (laughs) They were trying to brew the Harmonist recipe. Okay. But there's the harvest recipes are written down. Okay. And if they were, they would be in German. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how they did. And I never had any. But it was a, was it a wheat beer? It might have been a wheat beer. Which makes sense because in the summer, you would have had lots of wheat. That would have been the easy thing to brew. Yeah. yeah. So she, but so Jane builds the Anthemium. And all of those were done to bring tourists to New Harbor. Well, she also it's, built it's, the Red Drain. Okay. I ate there. Okay. She was responsible for all that being built. Well, that's, it's impressive today. Yeah. She divested herself of most of those properties years ago. Mm. She doesn't own the red, she didn't own the red geranium for 10 years before she died. Where is she buried? She has a marker in Rose Hill, but she's buried in Texas. Okay. Now, it's no, I got really sneaky because in Indiana, if you own property in Indiana and you die, a copy of your will has to be filed in that county no matter where your will is. 
she had sold all of her, divested herself of all of her property. So she didn't technically own any property in Indiana. So I couldn't get my hands on her. I don't think she's left anything to the town. Family still owns the McClure house and the Owen Laboratory. That's still owned by the Owen family. Yeah, I noticed that there was no way to go in it. I was super sad because I'd love to see in it. It's just a huge building. It used to be that you had to charm Jane when she was alive. <laughs> and she particularly liked young European men. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> they seem to be able to get in the McClure house. <laughs> All they wanted. Have you ever been in it? I have not. Oh. I've been in the doorway. As far as I've ever gotten in the doorway. How'd you get in the doorway? I didn't even get to the gate. The door was open and I could look into the foyer. (laughs) As far as I ever got. I'll have to talk Nick into going down there with me. It's just a cool place to see. It is. It is. You went to the WMI and right across the street from there is a yellow house on the corner. That's the Revere house. The Revere and the Elliots were the ones who kept New Harmony going after the Owens left. If we go to New Harmony, would you meet with us there? Absolutely. Not only that, I will arrange for the coolest tour guide ever. Oh. Linda. Her name's Linda. This lady is fabulous. Oh, okay. we'll have so much fun. Good. If the weather's nice, she'll even take us to see the real door. Oh, that would be awesome. It's all wrapped up in plastic, but we can go see it. Oh, yeah, um, the door to enlightenment. Now, if we do this, we'll have to get a golf cart. Absolutely. Take, take Nick up that hill. In the cemetery, you'll see this yeah. hill. The first thing I thought of when I got up the hill is I was like, how in the crap did they bury people? Because the hill's a huge hill. And it's not a uh, wide hill. You got stones that are all up and down this hill, old stones. So I was just like, they are some impressive people who had to dig that and then bring caskets or whatever it was. Maybe they're buried into the hill. That's what's holding the hill up. Oh, all. there you go. The Harmonist Society lasted 100 years from 1805 to 1905. When Rapp died in 1847, his community continued without him for another 60 years. Even more impressive is the survival of the community beyond the date at which Rapp had predicted the second coming of Jesus that did not occur. Some followers did abandon him at that point, but most stayed with him through his or their death. Today, the town of New Harmony has a population of about 700, and I couldn't recommend it more highly. Let me know if you do go, and I'll talk you through it, and maybe even meet you down there. I've been looking for an excuse to go back. I'll be back with Jennifer in the next episode, as well as Dr. Donald Pitzer, founder of the Center for Communal Studies at the University of Southern Indiana and also of the Communal Studies Association. Dr. Pitzel literally wrote the book on America's communal utopias, and we'll be sharing, along with Jennifer, more insights on different hometowns affected by communes and utopian ideas. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. 
Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.